Luke Hughes made his highly anticipated NHL debut, and we're also going to hear from his former Michigan Wolverine teammate, Matty Beneers, because I had the chance to speak with him post-game in a recent Seattle Kraken matchup. And also, Jack Hughes is in the record book for most points by a Devils player in a single season. So we're definitely going to be talking about the Hughes brothers and a couple other players and the Devils come away with a 6-2 victory against the Buffalo Sabres, and they're within striking distance of getting the first position in the Metro. Lots to talk about, lots of breakdown in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. So today is going to be a Hughes-centric episode because not only did Jack Hughes surpass Patrick Eliash for most points in a single season by a Devils player, his younger brother, Luke, made his highly anticipated NHL debut. So those are some storylines that we're going to discuss. And also, Tomas Tatar is having a somewhat impactful year, and not enough people are talking about it. And Tomas Tatar was able to score twice in this game, so I definitely want to show Tomas Tatar some love. And like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. Now, before we get into the Hugh-centric themes and talking points, I first want to go over some interesting facts. So... For the 12th straight year, the Buffalo Sabres have been mathematically eliminated from playoff contention going into this matchup. It was a must-win game for them. Cam Danico talked about it on air. He said that he expected the Buffalo Sabres to come into the Prudential Center hungry, desperate, and basically just giving it their all and maybe making some desperation moves in order to come away with the win. And unfortunately, the Sabres... Uh, fell victim to the New Jersey Devils. So it was kind of cool that the New Jersey Devils were sort of the villains in this game. But I I have to tip my cap to the Buffalo Sabres because down the stretch of late, they have definitely been winning some big, meaningful games. So obviously they beat the uh, Carolina Hurricanes recently. They beat the New York Rangers. And not too long ago, they beat the the New Jersey Devils in Buffalo. So definitely a a hard-fought battle to the bitter end by the Buffalo Sabres. Someday they'll get back into the playoffs, but just wasn't meant to be. So just wanted to give that interesting fact, because like I said, the New Jersey Devils were kind of the party poopers. They were kind of the villains for the Buffalo Sabres uh, this time around. But let's not talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils. So courtesy of our boy, Ryan Ovazinski, who is the Devils beat writer for NJ.com, he tweeted out some interesting facts. So the New Jersey Devils are tied with the 2017-2018 Colorado Avalanche and the 2006-2007 Pittsburgh Penguins for the biggest single-season turnaround in NHL history, so plus 47 points. And if the Devils are able to rank up just one point in their next and final matchup against the Washington Capitals, then they will surpass the Colorado Avalanche from 2018 and also that Pittsburgh Penguins team from 2007 for that biggest point turnaround. So, We're definitely going to do a full-fledged episode about that because that is something that we definitely have to discuss just because the New Jersey Devils just 
talk about taking a complete 360 because if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, a lot of people were writing the New Jersey Devils off before the season even started. Obviously, the offseason didn't really go as we anticipated, but in fits we trust, and he was able to build a competitive roster. They got Timo Meyer at the trade deadline. So that's something we're definitely going to talk about in a future episode. And something else that Ryan Ovazinski tweeted out, he said, they also won their 51st game, the most in a single season in franchise history. However, he did clarify and said that 51 wins ties the franchise record. So if the Devils are able to win against the Washington Capitals and get those two points, then the New Jersey Devils will uh, break their franchise record for most wins in a single season. And speaking of winning, don't look now, but if you look at the Metropolitan Division, the New Jersey Devils trailed the Carolina Hurricanes by a single point, and it comes down to the final game of the year. So who do the Carolina Hurricanes play in their next matchup? It is the Florida Panthers. Now, that is going to be somewhat compelling to watch because when looking at the playoff bracket, if if we were not to play that final game of the regular season, if the season were to end right here, right now, we go into the playoffs the very next day, the New Jersey Devils would obviously be taking on the New York Rangers while the Carolina Hurricanes would play the Florida Panthers. So that's how it kind of shakes up in that sort of way for our side of the bracket. However, if the New Jersey Devils are able to thrust their way into the first position in the Metro, then they'll be the ones taking on the Florida Panthers because the Panthers were able to clinch a playoff spot. Now, it's an interesting topic of discussion. Which team would you rather want to see? Do you want to see your dreaded rival in the New York Rangers, a team that could be somewhat unpredictable? Obviously, it's a team that the New Jersey Devils have handled for the most part during the course of the season. Or do you want to take on the chippy Florida Panthers, a team that has given the New Jersey Devils some trouble during the course of the year? Obviously, we know the scuffle that took place between Nico Heischer and also Matthew Kachuk. We can revisit that storyline, what led up to it. And obviously, like I said, the Florida Panthers, they have definitely given the New Jersey Devils some trouble here and there. So despite the Florida Panthers being a wild card team, they're going into the playoffs red hot. So that might be a little bit more dangerous. So yes, the New York Rangers, they might be better from a points and a record standpoint. But at the same time, do we want to take on a team that has full-blown momentum heading their way? So that's something that we could definitely talk about in a future episode. But I just wanted to plant that seed into your guys' head because James Nichols tweeted out a few days ago, like he was wondering from the Devils fan base, which team would you rather want the Devils to play? And he said that I think best case scenario for the Devils is to possibly play the New York Rangers. And he does have a point in that sort of way, because like I said, the Rangers might be better record-wise and points-wise, but just looking at the New Jersey Devils one for one, the Devils kind of do have the upper hand. But like I said, we'll talk about that in a future episode. We got to move on. And the last fact I want to talk about after tonight's win, the New Jersey Devils have clinched home ice advantage for the first round. So I don't know how much that actually helps the New Jersey Devils because they perform better on the road, but still nice to have either way. So Devils have home ice. Okay, let's talk about Luke Hughes and his NHL debut. So we knew this time was coming because Lindy Ruff did say that Luke Hughes was going to suit up in at least one of the two final games. So obviously you had the Buffalo Sabres or you had the Washington Capitals. That's what I anticipated because I said a couple episodes ago, there's no way Lindy Ruff was going to throw Luke Hughes into the pack of wolves 
when the New Jersey Devils were in Boston to take on the Bruins. That that just was not going to happen. Let him get accustomed to it. Let him get used to the flow of the NHL uh, experience. And then you can put him into the lineup. And the Devils rolled with an 11-7 to line combination. I kind of anticipated that. However, Eric Halla, he's been taking a couple extra maintenance days. So that's something we can definitely discuss in a future episode because I am starting to have some concerns for Eric Halla because I don't know what the circumstance might be. So I'm going to speculate and try to get more information on that matter. And then Michael McLeod, he has not recovered uh, from that hit he took from Marshawn when the Devils took on the Bruins. In fact, I don't think he's been participating in practice, morning skate, whatever the case might be. So McLeod, I don't think the injury is serious, but it's serious to the point where he still had to see a doctor. But Lindy Ruff, I, I think, uh, revealed uh, to the media saying that Michael McLeod will be back sooner rather than later. So it maybe wasn't really much of a choice for Lindy Ruff. But I said, I don't mind the 11 to 7 line combinations. Just depends who's out there. So I said, if it's for Brendan Smith, I'm going to do a hard pass. But if you're trying to give Luke Hughes some reps at the NHL level, I'm all for that. So I can sit up here and tell you guys what I think of Luke Hughes. What does he bring to the table? But why not hear it from one of his former teammates from the University of Michigan? So as you guys might know, my mentor is Everett Fitzhugh, who's the radio play-by-play announcer for Seattle Kraken. So the Seattle Kraken were in town to take on the Arizona Coyotes. And obviously, I got to meet up with Everett, and I got credential for that game. So I was like, wait a minute, Matty Beneers, who was a teammate of Luke's at the University of Michigan. So while Luke was a freshman, Matty Beneers was a sophomore. I was like, Matty Beneers has been in the in the league for one year now. He's the front runner to win the Calder Memorial Trophy. So why not ask him post-game just some thoughts on Luke Hughes and things of that matter? So I had a chance once again to ask Matty, like, what does Luke Hughes bring to the table? Can you describe his overall game? Can you describe Luke from a personal standpoint? And I even threw in a question saying, like, can you share a favorite memory that you might have with Luke during your guys' time playing for the Wolverines? So here's what Maddie told me post game after the Seattle Kraken beat the Arizona Coyotes a couple nights ago. You were teammates with Luke Hughes at the University of Michigan, and he just signed his entry-level contract with New Jersey. Uh, you've been in the league for one year now. Any advice for Luke as he embarks on his NHL journey? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great player, uh, a little guy, you know. He's going to do great, great skater, great all over the ice. So I think, you know, don't, he doesn't need much advice. I think just, you know, have fun with it. Um, you know, play, play your game. As a former teammate, how would you describe Luke's game in your own words? What can Devil fans expect from him? Yeah, I mean, he's a extremely dynamic player. Uh, one of the best skaters I've you know, ever really played with. Um, you know, has skill, skill on the offensive side of the puck, but also, you know, he's very, very responsible defensively. So, kind of got the whole package there. Michigan is obviously a dominant hockey program. Last year, you guys went to the Frozen Four. They went again uh, this year. What are some of your fondest memories playing with Luke uh, while suiting up for the Wolverines? Um, I would say just, you know, being around the rink with them, winning a Big Ten championship with them was, you know, really fun. From a personal standpoint, how would you describe Luke uh, as a person? Great guy, cares about everyone in the room. Uh, you know, just a guy you want to be around. Yes, from a personality standpoint, I think when it comes to interviews, expect more or less the same for Luke Hughes because if you watched uh, tonight's broadcast when Erica Walker was interviewing him, Luke Hughes was pretty much giving the dry, non-insightful, not great detail sort of answers that his older brother 
Jack would usually give in an interview. It's hilarious to see, but at the same time, as someone who likes to interview people or talk to people, it could be a little frustrating. But nonetheless, Lindy Ruff did reveal after the game that he is open to possibly giving Luke Hughes another NHL rep. And quite honestly, I think you have to in the final game of the year because, like I said a couple episodes ago, I don't anticipate for Luke Hughes to suit up in a playoff game. It just doesn't really make that much sense, especially with the chemistry that the New Jersey Devils have built throughout the course of the year. I don't think Luke Hughes will benefit much by playing in the playoffs unless he is trying to fill in for an injured player. So I think that's unfair for his development. So I said, take your time with Luke Hughes and just let him get accustomed to the overall atmosphere, like I said. So give Luke Hughes the chance to play in the final game of the regular season against Washington Capitals because what what do the Devils got to lose? Yes, they would like. I'm sure they would like to be first in the Metropolitan Division, but at the same time, it's not going to be the end of the world if we have to play at the New York Rangers. And quite honestly, it might be better for the New Jersey Devils in that sort of way. So uh, I, I think I never gave you guys my expectations for Luke Hughes because a couple episodes ago, obviously I talked about him signing his entry-level contract, but I never went into detail as to like, what do I expect from him? Well, when looking at this game for Luke Hughes, he finished the game with two blocks, one hit, and a plus-minus of minus one. And he was the only defenseman to finish in the plus-minus category in the negatives for what it's worth. But like I said, Luke Hughes was used as as an extra defenseman. He got the least amount of ice time amongst all of our defensemen. In fact, amongst all the players that suited up in this matchup for the Devils. So I'm definitely going to take that with a grain of salt. And he's making his NHL debut. I'm sure he's still trying to get accustomed into the lineup and just trying to keep up with the pace of the NHL. But my thing for Luke Hughes is simply this. Like, I saw a couple times during the course of the game in which he was close to getting his first career point at the NHL level. But unfortunately, just didn't work out. I think I remember a, a play in which he was trying to conduct with Nico Heischer, and unfortunately, Heischer wasn't able to find the back of the net. That's going to happen, but at the same time for Luke Hughes, my expectations are simply this. Just get your feet wet. I'm not anticipating like big numbers right away. So I think come next year, once he goes through the course of preseason training camp, maybe uh, you know training over the summer, I think he'll be just fine. And I think he's definitely going to have a lot of upside, especially on our blue line. You heard it from Matty Beneers, which was Matty literally stated saying that Luke was one of the more talented skaters he's ever played alongside with. And that's his former teammate at the University of Michigan. So Luke Hughes making his debut didn't really do much, but at the same time, that was to be expected. But Lindy Ruff, please start Luke Hughes in the next game against Washington Capitals. Give him some more reps. Okay, jumping from one Hughes brother to another, let's talk about Jack Hughes because Jack Hughes was able to reach 97 points of the year, surpassing Patrick Eliash for most points in a single season by a New Jersey Devils player. So it took him to get an empty netter goal, but nonetheless, Jack Hughes, he was sort of all over the place once again. But it was another example of Jack Hughes just unfortunately getting snake bitten because there were a couple of plays, particularly with Jesper Bratt, in which Jack Hughes was setting up Jesper Bratt beautifully. Unfortunately, Bratt wasn't able to find the back of the net, or maybe he got handcuffed by the goalie, whatever the case might be. So Jack Hughes was definitely all over the game. He was hunting down that record. And it's nice that he got it now because you don't want that sort of pressure going into the final game of the regular season. But 
it does raise the overall question. Since he has 97 points, can he reach 100 points uh, come after the conclusion, uh, once again, of the final game of the regular season? My thing is, like, that would be great and all, and I certainly don't want to doubt Jack Hughes ever again, and we've already seen him have a four-point performance against the Columbus Blue Jackets, so and, and certainly plausible against a team like the Washington Capitals because, remember, earlier this year, Jack Hughes got his first career hat trick against Washington Capitals. So that's something I would definitely like to see. And it's definitely possible and attainable. But at the same time, I think Jack Hughes breaking Patrick Eliash's record, quite honestly, I'm quite satisfied with that already because not too long ago, Jack Hughes had the worst performance by a first overall selected forward since Joe Thornton in the late 90s. So we're talking about Patrick Stephon. Yes, Patrick Stephon, who is infamously known for blowing a wide-open empty netter opportunity, not, not like blasting it down the rink, but was like within a foot of the net and missing that point blank. And Patrick Stephon, during his rookie year, statistically performed better than Jack Hughes, and a lot of people were saying that Jack Hughes was a bust. He was injury-prone. I was just like, give him a chance, and maybe he can show us a little something. And the fact that he was able to break Patrick Eliash's record at this young of age, and uh, that's definitely one of the bigger accompl- accomplishments for Jack Hughes in his young career. And right now, don't call me crazy, but Jack Hughes is on pace to become one of the best players to ever suit up for the New Jersey Devils. And quite honestly, I don't think he's too far off because he already has that accomplishment for Patrick Eliash. And I think come next year, he's going to have a better chance of winning the Hart Memorial Trophy, barring Connor McDavid reaching like 200 or so points or doing something amazing. But I loved this season from Jack Hughes, and it does raise a question like, what if he didn't miss those games back in, what, January or February, and uh, he was able to suit up in all 82 games because he would have 100 points in my eyes because one of the games he missed was against Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, and he could have gotten a couple points there. But overall for Jack Hughes, you know, it it was definitely a struggle for him to break the record for Patrick Aliash in, in this game because, like I said, he was just met with a lot of, unlucky circumstances he was setting himself up he was setting his teammates up at times I wish he was a little more selfish and sometimes he did look a little non-aggressive but at the same time I I did see him make a valiant effort and like and I did tweet this out during the course of the game I said given how this game has gone for Jack Hughes he might have to rely on an empty netter to surpass Patrick Eliash and in post game he said like it sucks that was an empty netter but still he was glad that he got the record now Moving on from one player to another, let's talk about Tomas Tatar because Tomas Tatar has been having a fantastic year for the New Jersey Devils, but not enough people are talking about it in my eyes because Tomas Tatar in 81 game appearances, he has 20 goals, 27 assists for a grand total of 47 points, and he has a plus minus of plus 41. He scored twice in this game. And there's been a few times this year where he can have a few more goals. But remember, I think Tomas Tatar is leading our team for most uh, goals waved off uh, uh, this year amongst the roster. So he could have a few more as as far as I'm concerned. But Tomas Tatar has been having a great year. And I think Jersey Joe and I discussed this like a month or two ago when we were looking at like trade circumstances for the New Jersey Devils. And I said, I think Tomas Tatar has another year or two left in him to really showcase what he can do. Because it's just so weird because we talked about this progression for Jack Hughes. 
Well, look at this progression for Thomas Tatar because literally during the course of preseason, we were talking about if he would get waived or not because Thomas Tatar, let's face it, his first year in New Jersey, pretty forgettable. And we were just anticipating that Fabian Zetterlund and Alexander Holtz would make the roster. So basically, Thomas Tatar had to showcase his skill during the course of preseason to show that he belonged on the roster for the New Jersey Devils. And the fact that he has 20 goals this year and the fact that he has been a solid contributor on our top six, that's the whole reason we signed him in the first place. And he's showing glimpses of what he was able to do for the Montreal Canadiens just a couple years ago, which is lead a team in scoring. Obviously, you got Jack Hughes, you got Nico Heischer, you got Timo Meyer, you got Jesper Bratt. So the fact that Thomas Tatar is doing this and he is not the top option is pretty remarkable and, and very, very impressive. So Thomas Tatar deserves a lot more respect and I'm definitely going to do a, a, a bigger segment surrounding him in a future episode, but re-sign Thomas Tatar. So obviously the priority is to re-sign Timo Meyer and then Jesper Bratt, but not too far down that list. Look at Thomas Tatar because he's been racking up the points this year and this game against the Buffalo Sabres really showcased that. So once again, round of applause for Thomas Tatar. And even though he's one of the more older players on the roster, who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? So Thomas Tatar, incredible, very impressive. So before I compare the final stats and give the Devils a letter grade, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. So grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, baby. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of the MLB. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at LockedOnBets for all your betting needs there as well. So what an eventful game for the New Jersey Devils because obviously we talked about Luke Hughes, we talked about Jack Hughes, and we talked about Thomas Tatar. But a shout-out to Miles Wood because Miles Wood was able to score in this game, and he was one of the three stars of the game. And what I saw during the course of the game, I saw Miles Wood play physical. I saw him play aggressive. He was getting underneath the skin of some of the Buffalo Sabres players, so that is something you definitely like to see from him. And like I said, I want Miles Wood to be a pest. I want him to get underneath your skin. I want him to work hard and just basically contribute on that BMW line. So uh, Miles Wood able to score in this game, just icing on the cake. And he's trying to go on that revenge tour and showcase why he's on this roster and why he should never be a healthy scratch. So uh, congratulations to Miles Wood. Jesper Boquist was able to score in this game uh, thanks to Miles Wood and Nathan Bastion on the assist. So Jesper Boquist might not be the most exciting player, but when he's good and when he's on one, he's damn good. We saw that towards the end of the year last year when he was going on that big FU tour. And then Jonas Siegenthaler, what a bomb of a shot from Jonas Siegenthaler up top. It was like a missile going top shelf bar down. So... So Jonas Siegenthaler, he might not be the most offensively gifted player, but at the same time, that's not his job. And just holding down the blue line for New Jersey Devils. And when he's able to score, it's usually very impressive. So the Devils, once once again, were able to come away with a 6-2 victory. And 
Obviously, two of those goals came from empty netters. So Thomas Chatar got an empty netter goal, then Jack Hughes. But at the same time, they were able to put the whooping down on the Buffalo Sabres. But according to the deserve to win meter, courtesy of James Nichols, who tweets that out after every single matchup, it leaned towards the favor of the Buffalo Sabres compared to the New Jersey Devils. But I personally think the New Jersey Devils deserve to win the game. They played hard and it took them a minute to get going, especially when they uh, allowed goals to Skinner and Samuelson. But at the same time, they were able to get the job done. And I know Buffalo, they fought hard. They were just playing for their season because, like I said at the beginning of the show, if the Buffalo Sabres were to lose this game, which they unfortunately did, they were eliminated from playoff contention. So they were playing with their season on the line. They were playing with a chip on their shoulder. And Can Danico acknowledged it on air. So, uh, yeah, tip of the cap to the Buffalo Sabres team. I know it sucks, but at the same time, just take it from a Devils fan and take it from someone who's covered the team for a good minute, which is there's always dark days. But trust me, uh, you, they're heading in the right direction. And I think come next year, they're definitely going to get it. But for right now, it just wasn't meant to be. But the fact that they were able to beat the Hurricanes and the Rangers really says something. So, Let's compare the stats, and then I'll give the Devils a letter grade. So shots on goal category, 38 to 30 in favor of the Sabres. Face-off percentage, 51% to 49% in favor of the Devils. Power play, Sabres were 0 for 2. Devils were 0 for 2 as well. Hits, 19 to 14 in favor of the Devils. Blocks, 22 to 10 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways, Sabres led that department, 11 to 10. So if I had to rate this game for the Devils, it's I I, I want to give them an A, but was it, a, was it an A performance? Because... You know, you saw the deserve to win meter by James Nichols, but I don't really want to use that as the driving force. But obviously, the Devils did allow for the Buffalo Sabres to regain some sort of momentum. But at the same time, the Devils knew uh, when to shut the door when it mattered most. But same time, I think back to Ryan Ovazinski's interesting fact toys. I think of how the Metro kind of shakes up because the Carolina Hurricanes, we needed them to lose two games in order for the Devils to have consideration of taking first place in the Metro because the, the obviously the Hurricanes had the extra game to work with. And unfortunately, they dropped two big games, one against the Sabres, one against the Senators, both winnable in my eyes, especially with uh, the high caliber that the Hurricanes have. So shout out to both those two teams, the Sabres and the Senators. But we'll, we'll, we'll discuss in a future episode if that's best case scenario for the Devils. But if I had to rate this game, I'll give the Devils a B plus. I I I was teeter towering A minus to B plus, but I think I'm safe at giving the Devils a B plus. So let me know what you guys think about this overall effort. So obviously we saw Luke Hughes. We're going. We heard from his former teammate over at the University of Michigan in Matty Beneers, and Jack Hughes is now in the history books, and he still has one more game to work with. So can he get another hat trick or maybe have a three point night to get the coveted 100 points? We're just gonna have to wait and see, but. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.